Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Ram Nation, you know every game can be heard right here on The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. I do the pregame and the halftime show before I hand it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. Joining us right now on The Fan is point guard Zeb Jackson. The Zeb train all aboard. Zeb, what's up? (laughs) What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you feeling? How's your back doing? Uh, it's doing a little better. It's definitely still pretty stiff, and it gets it gets pretty annoying when I when I sit down for a while. But uh, once I get warmed up, it's all good. So that's all that matters, to be honest. I love that. I love that, man. And it felt like you were getting back to that super explosive athletic self that we know you can be in that win against Fordham. Uh, great game there. And you know what I noticed in the last two games was. Team rebounding, right? The guards have helped the bigs. How much of a discussion has that been in the locker room? I mean, that's something that uh, Coach likes his guards to do. Is um, we, we call them fly-ins. So coming in to rebound the ball is super, impo- super important, especially when helping our bigs when they're boxing out. So, uh, yeah, it's just something that we want to emphasize and we want to uh, really focus on game rebounds when we have teams, when we play against teams that crash a lot of offense. And you're a captain and leader of this team, and you helped Michael Bell get going uh, Yes, uh, last game against Fordham. He was terrific. Does it feel like Michael Bell's growing? He's not a freshman anymore at this point in the season. Does it feel like that? Uh, yes, 100%. And, uh, like, Mike had a he had a big uh, role change beginning of the year that he probably for sure didn't expect, obviously, with, with Sean going out and him starting. So he had a he had an interesting start to his college career, I think, and I think he embraced it really well. And, I also think he's embraced the change really well since Sean has came back, and uh, he's just super eager to learn and just just grow. Like he always has a positive attitude no matter what, and he wants to do whatever it takes to whatever it takes for the team to win. So, yeah, I'm, I know we're all super proud of Mike. Zeb Jackson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Big game Friday. Dayton Flyers come to the Seagull Center. Now, Zeb, this to me, this has been VCU's rival in the past seasons, or uh, you know, five or six seasons. And the Rams grabbed the most important win against Dayton last season. I know you remember that eight ten championship game. To you, does this feel mm-hmm. like a rivalry game? A hundred percent. I mean, I, I guess the best way to put it would be it's an important game. I, I don't know about necessarily rivalry. Richmond for sure felt like a rivalry game, and it always does. But. With Dayton, I just think, um, like you said, with how things were last year and how things have been going in the past, I just think it's always a, a very important game. And um, we know they'll come ready to play, and we'll be ready to play, and it'll be a super fun atmosphere on Friday. And, Zeb, you, you know, you've uh, spent now nearly two years in Richmond. What is your favorite part of being a student athlete at VCU? I don't know. It's, it's a lot, to be honest. I really enjoy Richmond. I really enjoy just the campus, just the students, the the fans, everything about it. I think it's it's, I think it fits me very well. It's not too much going on, but it's also not just nothing, you know. It's a nice place to eat. I, I might have to say that's probably one of my favorites, just having a variety of things to eat and being able to go around the city a little bit and try new things. I love but that I answer, man. I, I, like, I like it a lot. It's, it's a nice place for me, for sure. That's great. You know, Jason Nelson has done a really good job when you were hurt and when Barristow was hurt filling in as the starting point guard. How has his ability to bring the ball up helped you excel as an off-ball guard? Because I love when you're running around a screen and you can catch and slash. For sure. I, I think similar to Mike, I think with Jay Nell, like he's done a really good job of embracing just whatever the team needs. So like you said, when certain people out and he's stepping up and he's doing a great job whether he's starting whether he's coming off the bench I just think he's always ready and I think uh that's that's just huge that's huge for any team you know what I'm saying for people to just be ready no matter when their name is called or no matter whether they have a bigger role a smaller role and I think he's embraced 
each and every one of them very well. And I think um, some coach mentioned today uh, that's important is that everyone's kind of figuring out what they need to do as an individual to help our team win and, and putting winner, winning at the center, not uh, anything individual. So, yeah, I, th- I think Jay Nell's been huge for us, and he's continued to grow and get even better. You can hear every VCU basketball game right here on 910 The Fan. And after one of the victories earlier this season, Joe Bamisil told Robbie that you're, Zeb Jackson, you are one of the quickest ball players with the ball in his hands he's ever seen. When you hear that, how does that make you feel? That's crazy to hear for sure because I've not uh, I've, I've always been, I guess you could say, like quicker maybe, like pretty athletic, but um, it's definitely grown a lot starting around like high school. And it, it's crazy to hear for sure, but um, – I just want to continue learning how to use it um, to my advantage and um, while also having a good pace and a good balance, you know what I mean? So I really appreciate Robbie for saying that, and uh, I just want to continue to grow and uh, learn how to use it even better. Yeah, no, I mean, it's why you're one of my favorite players. Like I said, I'm all aboard the Zeb train. You've got the size to go against uh, smaller guards, the quickness to go against anybody really here uh, in the A-10. And and last game, I loved your baseline drive, the and one reverse layup. Uh, we got to talk about that, a few different things here. So, (laughs) number one, I said that was Michael Jordan-esque. The way you drove, you, like, cut back to the right and then went back left again. And then you had had the and one, and you started laughing on the sideline. I mean, what's going on in your mind there, Zeb? (laughs) So, it it was actually funny because during shoot-around earlier that morning, that's a move that I used to do a lot more. And I haven't really used too much, but uh, my teammates know that I, I used to do it a lot, and uh, they were they were joking around trying to say like, "Who am I? Who am I?" And doing certain moves that I do, and that was one of them. So they were just joking about it during shoot around, and then I ended up using it in the game. So it was pretty awesome, and that was part of me laughing, just realizing like, man, we were just talking about it. <laughs> and it worked out to perfection. And, and you're so comfortable yeah, driving sure. left or driving right. That, I mean, when, you, when you're kind of squaring a guy up and crossing him over, how great is it knowing that you have the confidence to go to either side of the hoop? It's, it's super helpful. And uh, just, like I said, really learn how to use my quickness but also kind of have a good feel and, and see the game at a slower rate is important for me. So um, I think that being able to go both ways definitely obviously makes it harder to guard. But uh, one thing I want to really focus on is my decision-making after going either way and being able to finish plays no matter which way I go. So. Ram Nation, we need you loud and proud Friday night at the Seagull Center as VCU hosts Dayton, a critical A-10 game. Zeb Jackson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Zeb, you're not just a starter. You're a point guard. You're a captain. You're a leader. But how about the bench unit? They've been terrific this season. As a starter, how refreshing is it to know that you can check out and rest and actually watch your lead grow? Uh, That's an awesome feeling. Um, And we all are very comfortable with each other as a team, and we know um, all of our positions are interchangeable. Like we said, it's about doing what it takes for the team to win. Uh, whether you're starting, whether you're coming off the bench, whether you're playing high minutes, low minutes, I mean, no matter what it is, it's just important for us to all just be ready and do what it takes to win. So um, I know we're all comfortable with each other knowing that's our end goal and that's our our um, thing that we're focusing on as a team. And, yeah, it's just amazing. And the team chemistry has just started to really improve here during this season. Obviously, it's a new coach, new coaching staff, a lot of new faces. We're so glad that you stayed here uh, to be the captain and the leader. So let's talk a little bit about your new head coach, Ryan Odom. I mean, what do you and Coach Odom talk about when you're not talking basketball, not talking X's and O's? I mean, it could be anything. 
it's funny because, like, one way I would kind of word it uh, since I met Coach Odom is, like, sometimes, uh, I guess the best way to put it, like, sometimes you'll forget he's your coach. Like, you'll just be having a regular conversation with him or <laughs> just chilling. You know, like, for example, when we went to Brooklyn for ATM Media, it's it's just it's it's very comfortable just chilling around him and relaxing and having a regular conversation. It could be about anything, to be honest. Like, it could be about what's going on at home, how's your family doing, um, talking about my pet. Like, I have a cat, he has a dog. Um, it could be anything. Like, it's, it's just super awesome to have a coach like that where it also, like, truly does feel like family. Zeb Jackson, quick as a cat, also has a cat here with us on the hotline. <laughs> <laughs> Zeb, Coach Odom, so to me, he's got this secret sauce, and the secret sauce is like having this team bounce back from losses and the way he's able to challenge you guys to meet the standard you've set, right? Does that kind of make sense that that's his secret sauce? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that for me one more time? Like, his secret sauce to me is being able to challenge the players to meet the standard. We, we've heard him say that several times in the press conference uh -huh. where you're, you guys have to meet the standard that you've set for each other throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, we, we want to keep reiterating that as a team, and that's something that um, he's made sure to stay on us about because it's, it's very easy to get comfortable. With, I mean, to be honest, winning and losing. Like, it's very easy to get comfortable and feel like you're okay or feel like, um, you tried it, you did enough versus like really challenging yourself to to meet a higher standard and um we're preparing for being in March, being in a tournament, you know, and obviously it's one game at a time, but you wanna make sure that you uh constantly remind yourself of your standard and what level you wanna be at versus just being satisfied with the win. You know what I'm saying? Like not letting that win make you feel like you're good enough in the moment and just keeping a higher standard to, to keep you prepared for when you play like those those top-ranked teams, basically. Great answer, Zeb. You know, give us some thoughts here about what makes the Dayton Flyers team so difficult and what you want to contain on Friday night. Um, obviously, Brown Holmes is a, a great player. And not only is he great scoring the ball, but he's also great uh, great at passing it as well. So, obviously, without me saying too much, I mean, we want to focus on him for sure. And they also have a lot of shooters, so... Um, like I said, he's a good passer, so being able to kind of keep both under control without um, overcommitting to either one, is it makes it pretty difficult for them to guard. But we've definitely uh, had two great prep days, and uh, we're excited for tomorrow. Yeah, and would people want to come out to see the Rams? That you know, the Seagull Center is such a great uh, place. It's such a great environment. It gets so loud. You got the new video board this year. Zeb, why don't you close us out here by giving us a message to the fans on you know what it feels like when you're playing at the Seagull Center and you hear it get so loud? A uh, message to the fans. I would say bring all of that energy like we did versus Richmond and some. I mean, it's super helpful for all of us, uh, players and coaches. Um, and it's just we, we feed off of it, to be honest. I know sometimes it's probably obvious to tell how much I'm feeding off of it because it, it just it, it gets me so hyped up. And, um, yeah, it's, I don't think maybe some fans do, but I feel like maybe some fans don't understand how helpful that really is and how much um, not only does it help us, but maybe kind of rattle the other team. And uh, Like I said, just bring the energy, and we're super excited to put on a show and come out with a W. Zeb, I'm out here in Vegas, so I'm going to miss the game. Good luck. Win it for me, man. <laughs> for sure. Appreciate you. And have fun. Absolutely. Enjoy, enjoy yourself out there. Yeah, Zeb, hey, who is your favorite football team? Like, if, if I run into a celebrity and I want to give, uh, uh -huh. give you a shout-out, who would be the number one guy? 
Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of football. If I'm being honest, I, I can't even I can't even tell you. I'm a Tom Brady fan, and, and um, well, I can't get you yeah, Tom Brady, but but maybe I, Josh I, Allen. Will you settle for Josh Allen? <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you heard of Josh Allen, t- tell him uh tell him Fat Chad, what's up? That, that's Fat right. favorite favorite team and player. Oh, awesome, awesome. All right, man, take care. Thanks a lot for the time. For sure, I appreciate you. Yep. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Man, you are listening to 910 The Fan, and I am TJ Hushmanzada. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Commanders, and I've got a very special guest with me right now, Super Bowl winning quarterback Doug Williams. What's going on, Doug? Man, just coming down here is business. I don't know what. You know, I wish we wasn't doing this. I wish we was out somewhere away from here getting ready for the game. But, hey, we just got to roll with the punches. Being here at Radio Row for the Super Bowl, how many memories does that bring? A lot of memories. You know, I've been doing it every year. But when, when you be playing this game, you don't get a chance to do this. They come to you and you practice and all that. But, you know, just coming here and getting an opportunity to meet a lot of guys that, that are doing Radio Row. But at the same time, you get a chance to talk about the game and everything. Doug, I'm going to make this interview easy for you. I'm 31 years old. I missed out on the glory days. Can you relive them for me? <laughs> yes, you did. It's been 36 years ago. <laughs> it, but I'm sure somebody told you. Um, I tell you, you know, that was the time that it's it's hard to even imagine what it was like. Uh, you know, the guys that are still in that area, we get together and, you know, we still reminisce about that game. You know, it's something that would always stick with you and resonate. Every day I get up, I remember those games. Doug, you were at the, uh, the Fritz Pollard luncheon today. What, what was that like, and is there kind of a, a sense that, that things are improving uh, at the moment in the league? I think, you know, what it was all centered around was the diversity in the league. And uh, we can easily say from a head coaching standpoint, it has changed a lot. And from the black quarterback standpoint, it changed greatly, and it's going to get better. The, the, the one area that we talked about was quarterback coaches and offensive coordinators. That's where it hadn't changed, and that was something that we talked about doing the Fitz Pollard, something that the commissioner was there and, and something that he say has to get better. But I think we've done a good job over the years of getting coaches and, and even in the general manager, it, it has improved. And team presidents, we got five now. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to get better. We just have to keep going forward, and uh, that's what we're going to do. Speaking of coaches, we saw you giving a big hug to Dan Quinn there on his first day. What do, what do you think of the hire, and what do you think of Dan? Well, I've known Dan a few years and uh, got a lot of respect for Dan for what he do. Uh, I think what Dan does better than a lot of people is bring everybody together. And I think walking in that building the other day kind of showed you who Dan really was. I mean, we had – I couldn't even go to breakfast because everybody was up there, even the cooks and everybody up there. But, no, he, he, he got a lot of energy in that building, and, and you can feel it once he walks in. Adam Epstein here with Michael Phillips for 910 The Fan. Joe Gibbs, coach – winning the Super Bowl, how would you describe what his secret sauce was? Oh, man, Joe Gibbs, man, is, is probably the one coach that can make adjustment better than anybody. You know, Joe, if it ain't going right, probably cool as a cucumber on the sideline. If you remember, he never got upset. He just watched things as they unfolded. We're going to the locker room, come back, a whole new thing. You know, same game plan, but different way of doing things. Uh, Joe Gibbs is probably one of the most outstanding, not only coach, but individual that, that I've ever met. One of the key terms we've heard a lot in the last few years is culture. How would you fix the culture in this organization? I think the culture boils down to winning. At the end of the day, winning winning heals everything. And, you know, once this organization starts winning, which I think we will, 
you, you will see the culture change. I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It, it's all about winning anywhere you go. I mean, you look at Kansas City and you look at the 49ers. You know, they tell you how strong it is, and the dressing room even become closer. I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about is winning. No matter who, what team it is, no matter where you go, I think that's what you have to do. Doug, Terry McLaurin, fan favorite, such a great athlete, man, leader. I mean, how great is he for this organization? You know, from day one, when we, we uh, drafted Terry, man, and, and just watching him doing training camp and all, he was probably one of the most mature individuals that I've been around as a young guy. And I've, I've had a chance to tell him that. You know, him and I talked about that. And, you know, he always tell me he appreciate and he's trying to do number 17 proud. But but that guy there, man, epitomizes what you want on your football team. And I know he's up for man of the year, no doubt about it. You know, if I was giving it, unfortunately, I'm not giving it. Terry McLuhan is a guy that, that exemplifies what you want as your man of the year. Thrilled to spend a couple minutes with Doug Williams. Doug, uh, Eric Bieniemy, you got to spend a year with him. I know a lot of folks are waiting for him to get that chance to be a head coach. What was your time with him like, and, and what advice do you give him as he's waiting for that opportunity? Well, you know, I, I feel for Eric, you know, and I got a chance to know Eric not, not just this year but through the years, and it's something that uh, I was wishing for, just like a lot of other people, getting the opportunity to be the head coach. But, you know, he's, he's in this situation, and, and as we all know, as coaches come in, they bring their own people in, and unfortunate – you know, Eric was part of that, that group that, you know, won't be back. But hopefully he'll land somewhere this year and hopefully still get that chance to be that head coach that I think he should be. We're here at Radio Row for the Super Bowl with Super Bowl winning quarterback Doug Williams. We want to get back to the winning organization that was the Redskins when you played for them. Can you kind of describe to me what the city was like when the team was winning that many games? I wish I could describe the city because, you know, it's been a long time since we've been in that position. But, but I think when you win it, as the Washington Commanders now, I think at the end of the day, you will see so much change in that, that city because at the end of the day, all the stuff that's going on in Congress and everything, if we winning, we are Congress. And I think at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, and that's what a lot of people care about. Doug, I'm a huge fan of Caleb Williams. How difficult do you think it would be, and could he handle playing in the city he grew up in? You know, I, I don't know whether we'll get a chance to uh, play with Caleb or uh, um, Daniels or Mays or whoever, but uh, I think uh, Caleb has handled himself well during his college career, and I'm sure wherever he goes, he'd be able to handle himself. You know, whether it's here or anywhere else, I think he'd be able to handle himself. Is there a quarterback in the modern NFL that reminds you of yourself at all? No, they're too athletic today. <laughs> <laughs> no, these guys move around, man. It's, it's hard to even imagine. You know, back in the day, they just wanted you to stand tall in the pocket and deliver the football. Today, if you can't move around and get away from the rush, you're in trouble. Hanging out with Doug Williams. Uh, you've been with the new ownership group now for a year. Um, when you're at these events, do you, do you sense the excitement and, and kind of what's building? I do, you know, and, and, and I've had a chance to, to just observe the new ownership, and I just like the way they handle stuff. You know, you can feel that present. I know what they want because they was here during the 80s. They understand what winning is all about, and I think that's where they want to go, and that's where we all want to go. Did you ever imagine in your days you'd be representing this team and Magic Johnson and be one of the owners? Man, I never, I never even thought about representing this team with Showtime. Showtime, <laughs> man, but, you know, this is a great opportunity. Magic Johnson is, is a guy, man, you can't even explain what kind of guy he is. You know, forget about sports. It's the human being that we're dealing with. And I think being part of this organization, along with Josh, Mitch, and Imes and all that, we got a great, great ownership group, and I think we're going to go forward from there. Doug, go back to the Super Bowl you won, that second quarter when you caught fire. I mean, what was that like? 
Man, you know, when you think about that second quarter, you think about the 35 points. But I think the most important part about that 35 points is the fact we did it in 18 plays. You know, now when, when you got to drive about 12 plays, 13 plays, you get seven points. We got 35 and 18. And what that tells you one thing, no matter what we did, how we was throwing, throwing the ball, running the ball, it was working. I can remember one play we had was 50 Bain when Daddy Warren came down and trapped the tackle, and I turned around, handed the ball to Timmy Smith, and I looked there. It wasn't nobody 10 yards in the middle of that field. Our offensive line dominated them. Our defensive line dominated them. And I think at the end of the day, it was about a, who was the most physical. Like, you know, in college, Coach Rob used to always tell us, you put strength on strength and you let weakness go to hell. That was one of them days our strength was stronger than theirs. Doug, you mean so much to this organization, to this city. How do you respond when people, fans come up to you and say, man, you're my hero? Well, you know what? I, I think when, when, that, when that happened, you got to take it for what it's worth. And you got to honor you know, the fans that come up and do that. And you, got to, you can't be no, nobody that you can't approach. I always say that, you know, my daddy told me a long time ago, if you didn't want to be bothered, stay at home. So I, I expect that to happen. When it happened, you know, I'd, I'd be gracious and honor them, autograph pictures, what have you, unless I'm rushing or what have you. But I think they understand that. And, and it's the fans that makes this game for what it's worth, especially as players. You love the fans. Hanging out with Doug Williams here on The Fan. Congress took a couple baby steps this week towards making RFK happen with the Wizards leaving and the Caps maybe leaving. How, how do you feel about maybe coming back into the district? Well, you know, I read that this morning, man, and it was, it was, it was a good read, you know. <laughs> uh, I know there's opportunity to go to other places like Maryland and, and, and Virginia, and you got D.C., and, you know, you grow up in D.C., but at the same time, you, you got to go with what the ownership want. But the fact that... The, con the Congress and all that has worked together and got it to a point that there's a possibility that D.C. could be part of that them three areas, the DMV, really, and to make it happen. And uh, at the end of the day, I think once they get together, the ownership and, and all the people that's involved, Congress and everybody else, you know, they're going to do what they have to do to, to make a decision on where we'll be. Doug, we really appreciate the time. Could you give us a message to Commanders fans in Richmond? I just tell them to hold on. We're coming. We're going to be a lot better than where we've been, you know, with, with, with Dan and, and his group. You know, I just feel a lot better with this team. And I know, you know, we, we, we're supposed to have been that way before, but it's something about this, this group got a, a, a different feel. You got, a, you got a prediction for Sunday? You know, I wish, man. You know, when you look at these two quarterbacks, you know, Purdy playing lights out. You know, I, I hear people say he's a, he's a game changer. He's a quarterback, man, because he makes some plays that a lot of people can't play, make. And Patrick McHome, you never count him out. You know, he have fun playing this game. It's like a, a guy with a tunker truck out in the yard hauling dirt. That's the way he plays football. It was a lot of fun. Doug, really appreciate the time. Thanks. Thank you. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Bud Light Big Game Week, five live shows from Vegas. Very happy to welcome in right now the stars of the greatest soccer show on the planet, hey. Thierry Henry, Kate Abdo, Big Meek, Hello. Micah Richards. Hey, What's going on, guys? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great here. So you're here for the big game. You got the Super Bowl. But I want to talk American football, soccer. I'm a huge fan. I grew up playing the game. Thierry, my, my favorite team is Chelsea. Oh. For the last 20 years, I've been happy to be a Chelsea fan. Since Roman Abramovich sold the squad, it has not been the same. And to me... It feels like the American ownership has screwed this up. Wow. I mean, I'm going hard. Wow. That is, that 
you said it. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't have a lot to say. You know, at times you 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 need time to rebuild a team. Yeah, that's very important. Whether you're an owner or a coach or, or, or a player, and this is what's happening at Chelsea right now: is that you have a, you have a new owner, new players, new coach. So it takes time to build something. I mean, how old are you? Thirty-one. So that's why, yeah, you 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 got the good Chelsea because Chelsea before wasn't yeah. great, also. For, so, yeah, right, right, right. So it takes time, you know. Like uh, Abramovich came, and uh, you guys were pretty successful, and maybe it's gonna happen soon in uh, in a Carabao Cup, right? Uh, who knows? That, yeah, I mean that's what we're that's hoping what for saying. to try to so get one trophy. Who knows? But it takes time. It takes time. So enjoy the ride, stay. You know, you want uh, some stuff along the way. So be happy, man. Well, we we have to hope that Pochettino can kind of teach up this young just squad. Be, just here. be patient, and we will see. There's a lot of young talent on there, but to coach up the young talent, you got to be a great soccer mind here. What, what kind of impact did Arsene Wenger make on your career? Well, like I said, you know, it developed my brain. I think it's something that's very important. Uh, the way it made me think about the game and, and, and the way I, I, I went about the game also outside of the field was pretty important. We had some good players too, don't, get, don't, don't forget that. But he was like a, a mentor, um, a father figure. So, you know, I always will speak um, highly of him because he, he, he did help a lot, uh, as, you can, uh, as you can imagine. But more importantly, I will repeat it again, he developed my brain. That's very important. We're here live from Radio Row. Kate, you're the host of this amazing show here. And I'm, yes, I'm, not, just, I'm not just saying that. I love the show. Thank and you. what I love that you do is you make it so much fun, right? Like, it doesn't matter fun. if the game's a blowout or it's a close game. Anytime they come to the studio, you guys know how to have fun. Yeah, we're not a serious crew. We can <laughs> do serious television and we can do serious football. And that's something that's important to all the crew, that we also are doing television at a high level, analysis at a high level. But we're also stupid at times, and, and that's okay, and we enjoy that. That's yeah. fine. As a fan of the show, sometimes it feels like we're not in on the bit. Like there's something that went on during oh, commercial like break that. or something. Because you come back, and, and Mike is screaming about something, or Thierry's showing a, a funny face. I mean, it's just incredible how as soon as you guys come back from commercial break, like the fire started. It's not a slow burn. No, I, I just think it's the, um, the chemistry that we have, you know. Kate's been outstanding for, for, for CBS. I think um, a lot comes from her, you know. She's navigating the show where it needs to be, and we just sprinkle a little, you know, golden dust on top of that, but we enjoy it. I think what people need to remember is where we started from. We were sort of thrown together so soon, and we had to build up that chemistry, and hopefully uh, it shows... Um, on the show, but we're loving every minute of it. And long may it continue, man. When you were playing, did you feel like, hey, I could kind of be a pundit after my career? You know what? It's crazy. Never, because I always have banter and all that sort of thing. But the way my career ended at Aston Villa, I was sort of feeling a little bit sorry for myself. Mm -hmm. um, I had a load of injuries, and I didn't want to be anywhere near media. And then I started doing some radio, really enjoyed it. I uh, worked for some broadcasters in England, and then when the chance come for CBS, I was like, 100%, I've got to take it. And now I get to work with the best host, the, the best host <laughs> in the business, one of the best uh, ana analysts in the, uh, and with Jamie as well. We can't forget Jamie yeah, as well. No. Jamie's part of the team as well, but we're loving every minute of it. Absolutely, and so the Champions League returns uh, next week. A, a ton of good games. I'm looking at Napoli, Barcelona, Porto, Arsenal as the two I'll have my eyes on most. Right. Give us a little preview of what you expect in the round of 16. Oh, I'm not the one for the previews. You need to speak to the boys. Um, 
I'm expecting great games. I feel like that's what we get with Champions League is we get that kind of the... It, you're always going into the unknown. You never know what these games are going to throw up. It's the elite of Europe. Um, and it's the kind of stage that people turn up on. Whatever you are doing week in, week out in your domestic league, on a Champions League stage, performing in front of the entire world, Tuesday or Wednesday night, you want to show out. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited, particularly for that Barcelona-Napoli one. I think that's like the standout fixture for me. But Thierry, you can analyze. Go ahead. Yes, I can analyze. <laughs> uh, now, you mentioned already two games. Uh, I, th I think Paris Saint-Germain will have a tricky tie against uh, Sociedad. Obviously, you know I'm, uh, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm going to have my eyes on that game against Porto, which I don't think is going to be easy. Uh, the game that we had in a recent history there against Porto were not always easy, uh, especially there at their place. Uh, but the game that I want to see is uh, Inter Atletico. Why? Is because I think that tactically uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a tough one for both teams. They kind of play the same way. Uh, the front three of Atletico Madrid is, is doing extremely well at the minute. Inter Milan are very dangerous when they're not on the ball, uh, and and Atletico also. So I, got, I, I I'm waiting to see what's going to happen tactically. And and once again, as you said, you know I think entertainment is key, but you usually get that in the knockout stages because the second leg. You, you, a team has to come back, or, or one obviously has to uh, has, has to maintain their lead, and that's why you always see um, games, uh, crazy games in the last 16, or even in the quarters or semis, because the team has to respond, and then it becomes open, and you see actions. It's a bit different than in uh, than in a group stage, because in a group stage sometimes you get a point away, you bring it back, and then you see what's happening. But there you got to win. Yeah. So uh, no playing for the draw at that point. Yeah. Or, or the first game away, you yeah. try to get something, but the return leg. Something needs to happen. Yeah, it's all out. Thierry, everybody knows you from, from your amazing career in Europe, Arsenal, and several other stops. What was it like when you came to America? What was it like? Uh, it was an eye-opener about the game here and how the game is going. Uh, how the league is still growing. Um, you guys struggled, obviously, not qualifying for, for, for one big competition. Qualify for this one, having the World Cup, obviously, not only you, because it's, uh, it's uh, also Canada and Mexico. Yeah. So it was, you know, when I think about, and I often speak to Juan Pablo Angel that played with me, uh, with me and then obviously in the MLS way before with the, with the, with the Red Bulls, um, the league changed. You know, when I remember, you know, we used to, we used to train at Montclair State, Montclair State University, hmm. one pitch, you know, like the dressing rooms were not great. When I look at where the league is now, you know, it's a different ball game. But like I said, it's one thing to have a good league and you need to perform. Yeah. So that's still something that needs to happen. The league, the way the league is, stadium, teams, is just outstanding. Being able to have a, a guy like Leo Messi... You know, the, the, the right now, the current best player in the world in terms of winning the... Still the at a high level. That's what I'm saying. And yeah. he's playing in the MLS. So, um, I don't think that happened before. So, that's that's just uh, outstanding. But, you know, still needs to happen. Still, uh, uh, stuff needs to happen, sorry, in order for the game to grow. And I'm, I'm talking about the grassroots. It's one thing to take care of the league. You need also to take care of the youth. Terry Henry, Kate Abdo, Micah Richards here, hosts of the greatest soccer show on the planet here. And I want to ask you about are you that. Do, are you just saying that? No, no, no. I mean, I'm locked in. Like, yeah. when, I, when I watch a Champions League game, like I'm saying, the score doesn't matter. I'm, I'm locked into the post-game show, pre-game show. What the pre-game when we're doing all the analysis and all that sort of thing? All in. We do it at a high level, no? 
Well, it's, it's a lot of jokes and bits, but what I like is it's the most popular show in the world for soccer here. And in America, soccer's not that big. Uh, so I'm a more big popular fan. than NBC and Premier League is what you're saying. It's the best. Oh, it's the best. Okay. So, I mean, how, do, how does that make you feel that you're doing a show <laughs> here in America with an audience that's like, you know, they're not really even bought in on the sport, but they just love the entertainment that you guys bring. Oh, interesting. I think there's a there's a large proportion of our audience that is bought in on the sport. I okay. think there's a large proportion of an of an American soccer audience that is super educated and really knows the game inside and out. And we want to speak to them too. But if we can cross over and we can reach people who don't know the sport at all, that's always the dream in, with with soccer culture in America is that you manage to cross over to mainstream or to to those other sports fans that maybe haven't been exposed to soccer. And if we can play a role in that, then that's very cool to us. Yeah, we're excited about that. So World Cup coming to an America here yes, in, in 2026. Terry, I want to get your take on the American superstar, the face of the organization. That's Christian Pulisic. Made that move from Chelsea to AC You don't Milan. want Terry's take on Christian Pulisic. Really? No, I would, no Terry, please <laughs> give me your take on Christian Pulisic, man. First and foremost, it's Pulisic, right? That's what he said. You have to call him, you have to call him Pulisic. That's, what, that's, that's on him, right? He said you need to call him Pulisic and not Pulisic. That's, that's the first. Having said that, no, but that's, that's, that's what he asked, not me. So, having saying that, no, you know, obviously, as you know, we're working on American channel and we have to talk about players, American players all the time. And so, you know, it is what it is. It was London Donovan before, Clint Dempsey, some of the players. <laughs> when you are the star of a team and the captain of a team, especially in the U.S., having the World Cup at home is always going to be some talk. Is he doing well? Is he not doing well? Micah went for it when he was young. I went for it when I was young. It's just a normal type of thing. You know, and especially for you guys, because you don't have a lot of, of, of uh, uh, American players based in Europe and, and playing in some of the best league. You know, I always people always talk about Pulisic, but I like to mention Tim Rim. Tim Rim has been solid uh, in the in the Prem for a very long time. Right, and people and a top position too. And people don't mention him. He's the captain of Fulham, but obviously. Christian Pulisic as 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 quality is 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 a striker or, or, or winger, however you want to call it, and and he always going to make you know the the headlines. Sometimes he's a little too soft, though. I'll say it if you don't want to say it. I don't have anything to say. <laughs> like like I always I always say understand what I'm saying when I don't have anything to say. I will I will I will make you understand. It's on him. It was on my car. It was on me to show what you can do. That's the bottom line. And then people will always judge what you do. Is it enough? Not enough? Did you do much? Did you not do much? It was this. It was that. That's what people do in general. He needs to, to, to work at what he's doing. He's doing extremely well at Milan uh, uh, this year. So he needs to carry on doing that and let people talk. You know, however it is. You're the captain of uh, the U.S. So obviously stories are coming, are coming on you. But does he have the quality? I always say this so many times. He has the quality, but he needs to show it. Guys, thanks so much for the time. Keep kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> really appreciate it. Micah Richards, Kate Apto. I'm Adam Epstein here with T.R. Henry. You're listening to AWOD on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Bud Light, big game week. Five live shows here from Vegas. Closing out right now by discussing the big game. Stub. I mean, you have to go on the record officially here. And so before we do that, can I hear some NFL theme music to get me in the mood to make my pick, my official selection for Sunday's big game? 49ers against the Chiefs. All right. 
I'll let you. I'll let you go first. Stop. What do you think about this matchup here? I we've been talking about it a lot. It's gonna be close. It's gonna be. It's two good teams. But every time I think about it, it just goes back to Mahomes. I I just can't not pick the Chiefs here. It just seems too written in ink that the Chiefs are destined to win a bit too many more Super Bowls than most people would want them to. I think you're right about that. So I'll go to my keys to victory for each team here. You know, we do this for VCU basketball. Big game tonight, tonight, uh, right here on 910 The Fan, Dayton at VCU. So we'll start with the 49ers, and I think Michael talked about this. They've got to punch the 49ers. They've got to punch the Chiefs in the face. It's going to come down to that first 15 plays. There's a scripted plays by Kyle Shanahan. He's got to be able to execute. Brock Purdy's got to be more than a game manager. I, I think the Chiefs' first key to victory is to come out with a lead, make Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes play from behind. If they're playing with the lead, that's when you get Isaiah Pacheco more involved, and he's been really, really good this off, uh, Excuse me, this postseason. Key number two for the San Francisco 49ers. Christian McCaffrey. They need to unleash McCaffrey. You know this is going to be a game where he's going to get 15, 20 touches on the ground. That happens every game, right? But can they get him in open space and let him be that game changer that he can be? I'm talking about screen passes, dump offs out of the backfield, routes that he runs to the flat. If Christian McCaffrey can, you know, have explosive play here and there, and keep the 49ers offense on the field. That is key number two. McCaffrey unleashed. You know he's going to be able to run the ball. I'm going to say key number two is McCaffrey, 150 total yards, all-purpose yards. That includes running and catching the ball out of the backfield. Third key to victory for the San Francisco 49ers. Look, what happened 28-3? They botched it in the fourth quarter. What happened four years ago in this Super Bowl rematch Chiefs against 49ers. They botched it there in the fourth quarter after Patrick Mahomes had two interceptions and they were down by 10. They scored 21 straight points, won the game by 11. A fourth quarter meltdown cannot happen here for the 49ers if they're going to win this game. Key number three is to keep the foot on the gas pedal throughout all four quarters of this game. Do you have any problem with those keys, Stubb? No, and I, I fully agree with them. I, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is the only player on either team to have just won an award, if I'm correct. Uh, offensive player of the year. He is yep. definitely going to be. And Pacheco has been doing really good. I, I won some money off of him for getting 60 yards in the last game. Nice. They got two good running backs. And, and, and they got two of the best tight ends in the league. You Quarterbacks. Can sign up uh. Yeah, you can sign up FanDuel promo code AWOD. Have you placed any prop bets for the game yet? Not for the Super Bowl. I'm hesitant. I, I feel like this, this is the most who-knows game of all of mm. the games. So I'm a bit less likely to, to maybe place a bet on this game compared to the last I couple. I do really like the bet that Annie Agar gave out, which is plus 500, two-plus touchdowns for Travis Kelsey. Big game, Kelsey. just feels like he's going to at least get one, right? Yeah. And if, you know, if, if the you know Chiefs can score more than 21 points, he might even uh, really end up there with two touchdowns. As uh, I'm starstruck here. CJ Stroud just walked Whoa. by. Stubb. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Should I go tell him to his face that I didn't like the Pro Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, I, and I will say, he, uh, my, my pick for offensive uh, rookie was Puka Nakua, but I do uh -huh. love C.J. Stroud. 
Yeah, no, I know you do. And if, the, if they missed it, they can rewind on the Odyssey app to hear Stubb stubbing for the Pro Bowl. It's fun. All right, let's get, let's get, let's get to the keys. to. My friend texted me. He said, Awad, I liked you destroying the Pro Bowl. I wish I could listen more. I had to run to a meeting. <laughs> I love that. You can always tweet me at Awad Radio or at 910 Fan. Let's get the keys to victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, key number one here. I think it's my conversation with Steve Spagnola, right? They've got to contain Christian McCaffrey. Just how, like, he's a key to victory for the Kansas uh, for the 49ers. Kansas City Chiefs have got to focus on stopping McCaffrey because I think the Niners are beatable if you can make them one-dimensional. If you can make Brock Purdy have to drop back and th- throw it 35, 40 times, that's when he can make mistakes. That's when he kind of stro- when he's throwing it that much. That's when he struggles to read defenses. I think it could come down to the turnover battle um, just like it did. Four years ago, it's going to be one of those games where the the Chiefs will bounce on that. Stubb, did you say something to me? Sorry, you disconnected for a sec, just making sure we still had you. We're all good. Awesome, awesome. Yep, so key number one is Spagnola's ability to contain Christian McCaffrey. Key number two, everybody knows about Travis Kelsey. Literally everybody and their grandma. My mom's asking me, oh, is Travis Kelsey going to have a good game? We know Taylor Swift's watching. My mom knows Donna Kelsey now. That's how famous the Kelsey family has has been. All right? But the key number two here for the Kansas City Chiefs is not Travis Kelsey, actually. It's Rasheed Rice, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and the rest of the wide receiver room. That's key number two. They've got to be able to get... Explosive plays from the wide receivers. You know they're going to key into stopping Travis Kelsey from getting the ball in open space. I feel like Kelsey's going to have a big game, but a lot of his catches are going to be catch and he's tackled right away. Right? The the Chiefs are going to need somebody to have an explosive play. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had the big game-winning catch against the Baltimore Ravens. Rasheed Rice had the big game against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know They've got a few other receivers out there. Uh, Pacheco could be a difference maker catching a ball out of the backfield. But I'm looking at the wide receiver core as the of the Kansas City Chiefs as key number two. Key number three. Key number three here. Stubb, do you know who the kicker is? For the Kansas City Chiefs. I can only name one kicker in the league. Okay. And that's not the Chiefs. <laughs> are, you, are you talking about Justin Tucker? I'm talking about Justin Tucker. You? Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Key number three is Harrison Butker, the, the, the kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Butker cannot miss. I think this game could come down to a field goal. He has been the Kansas City uh, kicker for the last, I believe, six years and, of course, has won two Super Bowls with them. Uh, He was big in last year's Super Bowl win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Key number three is Butker to go one of one, two of two, or three of three. He cannot miss a kick for the Chiefs to win this game. How do you like those keys to victory? I like them. And I really got to say, it's it's, the Chiefs got to catch the damn ball. You know, (laughs) they, they threw a couple of regular season games because the wide receivers couldn't catch. That's the biggest thing is are we seeing postseason Chiefs or regular season Chiefs? Because if it's postseason Chiefs, they got this. Yep, tweet us your thoughts at 910thefan at AWOD Radio. Sign up today, FanDuel Sportsbook. Use the promo code AWOD Radio. All right, I cannot place this bet here because I am in Vegas. So, Stubb, I'm counting on you to bring out the FanDuel app and log in and let's get serious. We are talking about the big game. Official prediction here. Look, obviously. This is the Super Bowl, and, and we, we're talking with Derek Stevens, the owner of Circa. 
all of the money is going to come in from the Sharps late. It's going to come in tomorrow afternoon. It's going to come in Sunday morning. We'll see if this line adjusts. I believe it opened at Chiefs plus 3.5. It is right now Chiefs plus 2.5 or plus 110 on the money line. You're telling me I can bet on Patrick Mahomes and get money back, get plus money? I'm doing that every single day. I'm doing it twice on Sunday, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to place a bet before the game starts. I'm going to live bet it during the game. I've got the Chiefs winning this one. You can lock that in. I do really like the Travis Kelsey two-plus touchdowns bet for plus 500. I might put $5, $10 on that. Next thing I want to get to here is anytime touchdown scores, right? McCaffrey seems too obvious. That's minus 200. I'm not touching that. Travis Kelsey, plus 105. I'm already placing uh, the two-touchdown bet on him. I think George Kittle gets into the end zone. I think this is a tight end battle. Give me George Kittle, anytime touchdown, plus 190. Chiefs win on the money line. Kittle gets into the end zone. That is my official prediction. Stubb, what is your official prediction? Chiefs? I'm, I'm going to give it Chiefs, but I'm going to give Niners spread. I think it's going to be a one-point game. That's what I'm thinking. Whoa, that would be entertaining. It's been a ton of fun this week. Bud Light, big game week, presented by Bud Light. Thanks to Bud Light. Drink a Bud Light as you watch the big game. Don't go anywhere. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.